Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hi, Stevie. It's been a while. It has, uh, um, but it's nice to be back together. Yes. Again. With another in-person, good equipment podcast that we brought back last That's time. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, we got to get the benefit of seeing you as well, rather than just watching <laughs> a, or listening to a, a Skype. Yes, loads better. How's it going? It's going very well, Steve, yeah. yeah. Really flying high at the moment with uh, all the lovely projects we're producing. And, mm. and of course, the, with the YouTube now, we're trying to encourage people with all those simple uh, demonstrations that's going on at the moment and yeah. people are loving them too so and there's a few more and then we're building up for series two at the moment yeah getting some great suggestions um from the videos as well of yes. uh, things to include this is that's this right. is what we planned it for is that um we'd release season one and ask you while we're releasing the episodes what you wanted to see in the next season so we can tailor it a bit more that's right that's and right. um yeah it's looking good Oh, in all fronts, really, and and it's it's like the members site now is is um, is growing and growing. Great. I looked down the other day at all the subjects that we've got. It's mind blowing, isn't it? There's loads, isn't there? How they've now built up, and and of course, still to come. People haven't seen the ones to come, and some of those are spectacular. Yeah. So I think members are going to love it, and. Uh, it would encourage people once they see the little clips that we stick on YouTube as well. Um, that encourages people to say, "Gosh, I'd like to see more." Mm. I don't think people can get enough of it, can they? You know, if you've got a if you've got a passion for the pastel pens, particularly, you know, you just can't get enough of them. You can just indulge yourself, can't yeah, you? So much, absolutely. And this is why people join because they just they. So many times people go, "Where do I start?" <laughs> Yeah, because they just they see so many. That's right. Well, we've got them now. We we we've got lots of beginnings pictures, and uh, it doesn't take long as we've found out. That once people start getting underway with the beginners, they certainly move into the sort of more immediate uh, mm. in, intermediate, uh, and then even have a crack at the advanced. And uh, it's wonderful to see that uh, mm. happening. We've got some lovely seagulls uh, in the background. Got some ambience. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for our listeners this week <laughs> as we're down by the coast yes um yeah we've got some uh, got a testimonial coming up actually today that i want to read out from from a new member which really showcases how ah. how far people can come very quickly with the medium oh good um but first let's start with a question um from sally morning calling and morning calling and steve have uh, just for a change been watching your watercolor tutorials are you self-taught i go to a weekly watercolor class with a local artist and it's so uh hard i much prefer your method it seems more detailed and easy to follow but you can't beat pastel pencils i hope steve's feeling better he soon sally right uh well yes i am self-taught absolutely and uh if you've, you want to read my art story you'll have a little bit more information about that it started out really where I just picked up. In fact, I was in a in a town, and uh, I was looking for some art materials. I thought I'll, I'll give this art a go, you know, as you do. <laughs> All I'd got really is just some some, some pencils before, just ordinary coloured pencils and graphite pencils. I thought I'd try, and I thought, well, I had already tried in the past some oil and given that up and uh, so 
I, I thought there must be something out there. So I tried the watercolour. I just got a tin of watercolour and dabbled. And that's exactly what I did. I dabbled. And I, I kind of got to the point where people were saying, gosh, I like this. You know, I like what you're doing. Then I saw a, a, a professional artist who I'd met uh, through another business. And uh, he said, you really want to pursue this. this is, you've got something. That encouraged me, and I went on to greater heights. So, yes, I am absolutely self-taught. And I think sometimes it's a good thing to be like that. And I would encourage people. You see, I've never professed to be a watercolour artist as such. I say that I do watercolour because I see some great watercolour work. And But to do it like they do it, like the big professionals do it, is really difficult to do, as, is, as Sally's found out. So the way I do it is... It's feasible. It's possible. I keep to simplicity, really. Mm. When you started, did you just copy pictures? Yeah, I did. Well, I took my own photographs. That's what I did. Um, and you just made it up. And as you went well, along. I, yeah, I, I took a, a. Somebody told me I saw a local artist, um, and uh, he said to me, "You know, I sell a lot of local area scenes because people love to see them." I thought, well, that's a good idea. So I went out and took pictures of my local area and painted them from the photographs. Put my own little stamp in it and adapted them a bit. And they sold well. So that's how I really started out. We did talk about in the real early stages of the podcast, actually, the the birds and the in the on oh, the yes, bone yes. china and all that lot. So fancy a early four years ago colin and steve podcast then <laughs> have a listen to us be a little bit less uh comfortable on microphone in the early <laughs> stages and listen to the early stages of your story um but yeah i i love i love that about about you and the uh when people ask that about watercolor i i, I can almost recite it i bet you can like your story about that um yeah it's great uh okay thanks sally so this is from Sue. Sue's just recently joined us. And Sue says, um, I've started drawing and by sheer accident have found myself drawing pets for people, usually for Christmases and birthdays. I was quite happy with that, uh, with what I was doing, until I saw Colin's animal portraits in pastel pencils and I immediately wanted to have, to have a go. I had a go at two of the free lessons, the Jack Russell and the Border Collie, and I'm pleased with the results, so I have decided to sign up. The pictures make my other drawings look like they were done by a two-year-old. I can't believe the difference Colin's expert tutorial has made in just two lessons, and it has made me want to become as good as I can be. Uh, I drew both animals freehand because my printer wasn't working, and it's given me a bit more confidence in what I'm doing. Uh, Thanks so much. I've been okay at drawing, but now I feel I've discovered a whole new talent, and I want to explore that as much as I can. That's excellent, isn't it? And... uh I think the, the three-hand drawing is great. And if, you, if you've got the talent to do it, then do it. However, I've got to say that I still use the square drawing system. Now, and people can find out about that. I won't go into it now. But it's a grid system that means that you can get accuracy. Now, that doesn't mean to say you don't freehand on top of that. Just lately, the last pictures I've done... Um, when I felt that I certainly where there's a lot of detail in the in the picture, I actually square draw. So I do the outline, 
then I then I use my graphite pencil and freehand everything else that goes in. And I actually, um, <clears throat> you'll be see you'll see this actually. Members will see it. They'll see me. Uh, it will be a sketch actually, much much more involved than what they've been used to. And I like doing that because that is a way that you can almost draw it before you actually use the colour. Mm. You know, you get mm. the UD. And it works really well. So that's a kind of crossover, really. Square draw to get the accuracy. Because if you get the eyes and the uh, nose and those vital things slightly wrong, you've only got to be slightly out and no matter how good you are at filling it in with colour, it's always going to be just something that's not quite right. People will pick it up. They won't be able to tell you what's wrong with it, but they'll say, hmm, all right, but it doesn't look quite right. I suppose you're exercising your eye as well for picking out that detail and you're exercising Mm. your freehand muscles by um, testing yourself with square drawing and saying, Mm. right, you know, know, if I was going to draw it, like even if you drew it freehand and then you laid the square drawing on, like, just laid it over it and said how accurate was i no mm. you'd find you weren't you're not accurate at all but that's a good thing isn't it <laughs> yes like, it is yes. that's my point if you do that yeah. you go ah okay i've got to improve mm. here and here uh, oh, that brings me to another very important uh, point though isn't it wouldn't it be better to um square draw lightly so that you've got all the things in place then use your square your free hand uh, ability mm. to adjust those because you know that that is correct but now i can make it I, I very often do that i move i change eyes slightly or i change nose slightly i, I change but within the parameter of the square drawing as opposed to just it's it's see what i mean it's like marking out oh, like the way i plan the, the idea that came into my head as you were talking because i was i don't do art but a dance so if they taught you a routine like for me, if I if I was taught a routine, I wouldn't dance it flat out. I'd mark it first, mm-hmm. so I knew what mm. the where my um, movements were going, the distances that I'm going to be travelling, or um, just get my basic muscles moving in the right way and going. Okay, mm. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. Okay, mm. now I'm ready to dance it flat out. But I've marked it out beforehand. Like I've marked the routine out beforehand. It's the same way. Like you. You wouldn't just go, I'm going to draw this picture and draw it all freehand. You can go, I'm going to mark out the outline. So I'm going to get the rough idea, the rough shape, and then I'm going to That's right. add to it. And it's mm. the same. I just had that vision of the exactly parallel the with same. dance. Exactly the same, Steve. Yeah. 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 It works really well, doesn't it, that way? And, and talking about that, I know you don't want me to talk about it, but I, <laughs> last weekend, folks, I, Eileen and I went to see Steve at the show at the Orchard Theatre in Dartford. And uh, it, it was it was a it was an amateur show, but by God, it was professionally done, wasn't it? And uh, he he did marvellous. And uh, got, I know you won't like me saying it, but uh, I've got to tell you that uh, we we thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of the numbers Steve did was some were hilarious as well. Yeah, I like making people a little laugh. bit of, yeah a little bit of comedy put in, which I think is going to be. We we saw the dance teachers afterwards, and they said, you know, they loved what steve had done and uh it's going to happen in the future more and more yeah so watch this space but it, that's great so i understand where you're coming from your dancing and this is why you're so good at what you do because it looks perfect perfect when you do it but it, it, it takes a lot of work in actually 
getting that right, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially when you've got other dancers involved. Yeah. It's always good to just mark it first, even like when we went on the stage for the first time. The space is different. Spatial awareness is different. You can spread out more and all of this stuff Mm. from rehearsing in a studio. So you have to mark it out on the stage. And that doesn't mean dance it flat out. That means mark it. Don't worry about performing it. Look where you are. Look where other people are. And then once you've mapped all of that out, then they go, all right, now we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you dance it flat out. But you've mar- marked it out before. So it's the same thing with, with art, I think, with drawing. Um, okay, next one. Uh, thanks, Sue, anyway, and uh, welcome. Uh, next one's from Yvonne. Yvonne says... Uh, hi, I've been using Faber-Castell pencils for some time, as recommended by yourselves, um, but I've just read online that Conti give brighter colours. I do have problems with brightness of colour, and I have assumed this is because the base colour is not right, and this is practice uh, and taking tips from Colin. Could you let me know what Colin thinks of the Conti range? I've always been pleased with Faber-Castell and find they perform very well. Mm. Uh, yes, absolutely right, uh, the base colour is probably the, the reason why the colours are muted. Um, but that's a good thing, not a bad thing. If you were to just put raw colour on and say, oh, there's an orange goes here and the brown goes there and the red goes there and the yellow goes there and just use the colours, it would look horrible. It would just look awful because it would look like a cartoon. What you have to do in nature... Uh, especially if you're doing animals, that's that's the critical and most popular subject. You need to mute the colours. So if you've got a if you've got a, a, a sort of a, a fox which is a, a reddish brown colour, you don't put the red and the brown on. You put a base colour underneath, either grey or ivory, and then when those colours go on, they're muted. However, if you put too much base on, or a too strong a base colour on, the the, the brighter colours that you put on will become uh, dull. Mm. So that's something to practice. I mean, you see me do it. My goodness, how many animals that we've done and how bright are they? And that's because I know what I'm doing and I'm showing you how to do it. So just keep looking, keep practicing. Don't switch to Conti. I used Conti when I first started and I found that they were a bit scratchy and they they can break too. Whereas Faber-Castell don't break and aren't scratching. Faber-Castell have got a silky smooth um, texture, and that lends itself so well to the work that we do. So I don't object to people, you know, using different pastel pencils, and I sometimes encourage it, but use the Faber-Castell as your base, always as your base colour or your base product, and then use the others, Derwent, Conti, and all the other makes, as additions as Mm. opposed to the main structure i hope that helps i think that does help and you're probably going to be repeating yourself now because this is i've just really i've just found found this really interesting that there is an actual common theme with the other questions we've got this one's from karen um dear colin and steve um i have a question i have difficulties with the white pastel pencil if if i have to draw over a color the white is not white i.e the whiskers of a cat um can i uh what product or pencil can i use to get this really white um if there's anything else i need to get organized i would love to hear this um i'll get to the 
next question after that. It's got two questions. Okay. Um, well, this is this is a problem, and people know if they see me try to put whiskers on uh, over a white cat with white whiskers, it doesn't work very well. You just have to use a very sharp pencil, and if it doesn't work, then you use a, a dark pencil. I use a um, either a, a 175 is one of my favourites, or a 181, depending on the, the tonal. Uh, just put a few of those in as well. Um, I know you might think, well, no, you haven't got any. Like, the, that cat doesn't have dark whiskers, but sometimes you have to change. And uh, One of the difficulties, though, is if, you put a, if you've got a white cat and you've put you've pancaked the white on or the ivory and the grey on, then the subsequent uh, application of a whisker won't take. It just just melt into the um, colour you've got underneath. So, again, practice, 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 practice. Practice base colours. Yeah, practice base colours. It's it's a lot of... All the information that uh, I'm giving you here is already uh, can be seen on my videos. So you just keep keep watching the videos and you'll see how it uh, how it can work out and how I get over it. Because I suppose by, you know, doing as many animals as you can, especially from the members site, you're you're going to learn the base colors. You're going to learn the rules because mm. you'll be, they'll be copying you. So, mm. you know, um, and if it doesn't work the same way, then they know that they've done something slightly different mm. in in the process from what you've done mm. um, there isn't really any alternative you could you could say well if i sharpened a polychromos or uh, a soft uh, pastel white pastel would that work it wouldn't because it's, because you can't get them sharp enough for one thing and if you try to put that across the top it, you'll see it but it'll be like a, a tar brush going across it yeah it, it's it, so the, i'm afraid there isn't any other option you've got to follow follow what i do folks Okay, the second question. I always draw animal first and then the background. Um, I wait with finishing off the animal at the outer lines so I can make the fine hairs in the background. Nevertheless, it often looks like I have a line of the background colour around the animal. Absolutely, yep. I, I totally understand that because that's what happened to me when I started. But you'll, you'll notice that when I do it, I, I can rub the background well in now if you don't rub it well in and you in other words you pancake the color on it and you've created a line can you imagine a line of fur right white fur and then you've got a dark green background going onto that so you've got a line of white fur and a dark green background coming into it and you've got a line there mm. now that's never going to work. Even if you try to put the white across it, it won't work because you'll still have that line there. So what you see me do very often is I work the background into that uh, white. Got it? So it starts the ball rolling. Now, the, the other thing you can do to get over that is to use a pencil eraser. And when you finish the background, just go along the edges of that line that you don't like and just use the pencil razor just to pretend that you're putting hairs in. Then when you put the hairs back in again... It's a little have, less pastel. It will go over, yep. Yeah. But I do know what you mean. That is a problem. And it's not a problem I have, and it's a problem you won't have if you do what I say. Excellent. A couple of good questions there. Um, along the same theme, this is Sujan, 
Sujanith. I hope I've said that right, Sujanith. Dear Colin, I have immense respect for your artwork. Um, thanks for that. I started soft pastels recently. I'm using Canson Miton touch paper, and I'm confused whether I should draw dark to light or light to dark. I know you paint light to dark. This is specifically regarding birds. Right. Now, is this soft well, pastel? I've got, I've got a lot to say about this one. First of all, pastel pencils and soft pastels are two different types of the same thing. In other words, soft is soft, and it has a much greater pigmentation. So generally speaking, you'll see a lot of artists use the light across the dark, and that will work. With soft pastels, it will work. Now, why doesn't it work with pastel pencils? Because it's a different medium. It's a finer medium. Because they had to put the uh, pastel into a pencil casing, they had to make it harder. Otherwise, it would just crumble away. As you can imagine what soft pastel does. So pastel pencils is harder. Therefore, it has a different binding and a different um, makeup. You can't use it in the same way that you can with soft pastel. But that's to our benefit because if you look at my pictures, they don't look like a soft pastel picture. They look real and they bring life. So I won't change and that is great for me. However, if you want to stick to soft pastels, great. But you work, generally speaking, you can work from light to dark or dark to light. doesn't matter which way you work it. With soft pastel. But you can't do that so easily with um, pastel pencils. Having said that, very often you'll see me put light on top of dark. But I know what I'm doing and there's a reason why I'm doing it. But generally speaking, it's light to dark with pastel pencils. Light to dark and dark to light with soft pastel. Light back on dark with pastel pencils. There's so many variables that need mm. to be considered, mm -hmm. like what base colours have you put down? How much base colour right. have you put down? Right. How much mid-tone have you put down? That's because right. then you've got to find some of that base colour to bring back out, haven't mm. you? Mm. So it's very there's, no, there's no hard and fast rules I can't it's, give you. That no, you. that's why I need, I've felt the need to there's so many, explain that. There's so many variants, and uh, I think, again, watch, watch all the videos. You'll see, as you go through, you'll see me do light to dark, and then analyze why I'm doing it and why I'm getting away with it. Mm. I usually explain to people when I'm doing it, why I'm doing it. Mm. I say, generally, folks, I'm working from light to dark. But in this particular case, I can add white light back on because it's in the same tonal value. And because of soft pastels, different makeup and pigmentation, you can pretty much mm. do either way. Uh, either way. With, but with soft pastel, you can. But if you want to integrate pastel pencils in that, then you're going to be, a, mm, you're not going to really no. be able to I, do I that. Wouldn't, I wouldn't mix the two. I know people do. Uh, I wouldn't mix the two, soft pastel and pastel pencil together. I can add, and very often do add, soft pastel on top of my pastel pencils. It's not, not a lot, but I do from time to time. Um, but I wouldn't do it the other way around. Excellent. Wow. Cool. Given a lot of information in a very short space of time. <laughs> That's um, oh, th th just to finish that one off. This is regarding birds. I mean, ah. That's, that's interesting. Not, I thought that was interesting. Well, it's interesting. Yes, I was going to mention that, and I've forgotten, Steve. Um, that was the part two, really, of my talk. People that love birds are going to love the next year because we've got lots of bird pictures coming up, and they are stunning. However, I defy you to try to do that with soft pastel. You wouldn't. 
Birds are slightly different. With a, with a bird, you've got a lot of detail, a lot of finesse. You've got to um, create a feeling of that bird. Soft pastel can be a bit clumsy, hmm. for want of a better word. I'm not knocking it, but I think that birds you have work, more control. work best with... Um, <laughs> we've got a noisy old machine going past and mate sorry I, I don't uh, I don't object to that because he's cleaning our oh that's alright then we'll forgive him <laughs> <laughs> or her no um, it, it's it's wonderful you don't get it. the control with the soft you pastel no, you for that no you can't for you'd have to keep detail. sharpening them up and to get the detail in though. birds soft pastel no birds pastel pencils brilliant Mm-hmm. As you will see, folks, because we've got quite a few coming. Fantastic. Well, that's all the questions I had okay. for this week. Um, yeah, excellent. Crammed in some really good information now. I hope everyone's found that um, useful and helpful. As always, if you've got any more questions, just email us. Um, you can email me, steve.bradley at colinbradleyart.com. Um, but we take your questions from all over the show that we, we feel would be beneficial if you've commented elsewhere. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for our YouTube demonstrations. Still lots to come. I think we've got about 20 episodes in total. So um, keep your suggestions coming for season two and we'll start filming it and getting it out um, a little bit after we've finished season one. And the new picture is the pug we've put up there, requested by so many oh, people. So many people. I, finally I pleasing them. <laughs> And I lo- they're lovely animals. We see a lot of them about. I've, I've been amazed they're, how many there are. They're about popular now. dogs. Yeah. Um, but I've resisted it because I, I, I just felt it wasn't, wasn't going to work really well, but it did. Yeah. So yeah, I, take, I take that all back now. Yeah. It's a lovely picture, and we've just added it. So if you want to learn to draw that, then you can either become a member and get access to that and all of our other animal pictures or subscribe to get all of the pictures landscapes portraits still life or if you just want access to that one course you can pay with a one-time payment of 10 pounds and then you get that course so it's all all on our website colinbradleyart.com lovely and uh we'll be back next time i'm down probably with another podcast yeah um it's working out well at least we uh, we pack it in don't we yeah they yeah, get the money's worth yeah <laughs> free free <laughs> and um uh, we haven't got any submissions for feedback, so we're not going to be doing a feedback show. No, we're waiting until they build up. Everybody's yeah. on holiday, Steve. They're all enjoying the sun. Doing, uh, the sun and the rain that we've got at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay, um, that's it then for this time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.